everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are going to talk about The Twilight Zone, Season 2, Episode 17. It's called 22. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. So, what I'm about to say is going to sound like a weird thing to sort of compliment myself, or not compliment myself, that's maybe not the right phrase, but basically there was a moment in this episode, about four minutes from the end, where I remembered this episode. And I know that sounds strange, because at that point you're so far into it, then what does it matter that you remembered it? Because I didn't, I could have told you for the first, like, you know, 17, 18 minutes of this 25 minute episode, and then as soon as it cut to the airport, I went, I know which one, that, I know exactly how this is about to end, because this is the one that when I saw it the first time, I went at the end, okay, well, this is what Final Destination was ripping off. Okay. <laughs> Be- <laughs> because this is, this is, it clearly what inspired Final Destination, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about that, but that is this episode. So the premise of this one is that a character named Liz is in the hospital for exhaustion and fatigue and something else. It was very vague, to be honest, but she's in the hospital and she wakes up during the night, hears a noise outside, falls it down, goes to the elevator, falls it down into the basement where the morgue is, and the morgue's door is number 22. And out comes the nurse and says, there's room for one more, honey. And she wakes up, and much of the episode's her trying to convince the doctor and her agent that this is not just a dream, that there's more to it than that, and she's terrified and she's scared. And it all sort of builds up until she eventually, you know, maybe leaves and we see where maybe it was building to. So that is the gist of 22. Tara, what did you think of 22? I like it. I like this one. I like it as well, and I'm kind of annoyed that it's this good, because it's one of the videotape episodes, which means <laughs> it looks like crap. Yeah. <laughs> so it really sucks that this is actually a properly good episode. But it is yeah, what it is, yeah. and it is mm-hmm. good. Uh, there's a lot of interesting little quirks to it as well, which we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get to as we're going through it here. But So the, it's easy to sort of break down, because the first few minutes are the, the dream sequence, right? It's her waking up, going for the glass of water, smashing it by accident, and then hearing mm-hmm. the footsteps outside, and it's very silent, there's very little dialogue, if any, until she gets to the nurse in the basement, and it's this a full-on horror sequence, basically. She, she's just this mm-hmm. slow build of tension as she walks to the elevator and all these rest of it, and then when the, when the nurse comes through the, the, the door and she says, there's room for one more, honey, she screams as if she's terrified by this concept and runs back down the hall. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's the kind of the, that first section, just kind of setting up the idea. It is honestly it's suitably a- atmospheric, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's pretty well directed uh, for, yep. for what it's doing. So, uh, and good. we get a Star Trek alum. The woman who plays the nurse is Spock's um, bride to be in a mock time. You're so happy <laughs> you got to say that, aren't you? You're so happy you got to notice that and point out. I mean, I didn't recognize it, but if you open up the IMDb, it's the only picture they use for her. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I mm. know that face. <laughs> uh, of course, of course. So from here, she wakes up and it's, you know, visiting hours, our, our agents come to see her. And one of the interesting things about this, this section here that I really appreciate, and it sort of like really dawned on me at one specific point, is that first of all, the doctor, when he comes in, First of all, he's kind of creepy in a pervy way because he's like, oh, you make me wish that I was an intern and not an old doctor. I know. And he's he's like, like talking about her body. 
<laughs> yeah, but the, the, that's the thing was though, is that, and she even points this out. But after he says that line, he's like, "Ah, oh, I wish I was a good intern, not not an old doctor." <laughs> he does this like laugh, and I was like, "Is this guy like Freddy Krueger's dad? He, he's got this sort of look." He is so creepy. Uh, he's Doctor. He's Doctor Smith from the original um, Lost in Space. Like I recognized mm. him right away. The oh, the pain, but he's yeah, he's super odd like he has the worst bedside manner i think once he finds out like what she does for a living he's just like well i can be myself then i could be pervy because she has a pervy job yeah uh although she does correct her agent when he says because he's like oh she's the best stripper that ever you know landed on my lap and he's like dancer dancer <laughs> dancer uh <laughs> but one of the weird quirks here that i really liked and it, it, it didn't even occur to me to how because obviously he's creepy in a pervy way to begin with the doctor, but after this, yeah. he does this thing where he starts like monologuing in a very sort of serious, dramatic, creepy way where he's sort of leaning right in. He's like, they're just mm-hmm. dreams, Miss Powell. And they're just, and he's doing this really slow. And I didn't even, like, I kind of noticed that a little bit, but I didn't notice it properly until at one point, just halfway through this monologue where he's really in close up to her face and he's doing this droning voice, right? And then our agent just sort of quickly goes in, Gee, Doc, that's a swell idea. And it just, it's like, it just, it, took, it's like, it was the contrast when the agent started speaking again, how good, because of how goofy he was. I was like, oh, wait a minute, this doctor's been acting so weird. I was, I know he's been like acting, I don't know. He, he, I guess he, he thinks he's in like a horror movie or something. Or he knows, he's been told that this is a, a spooky episode, so make sure you act extra spooky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's not the person we're supposed to be afraid of. So I don't, I, I don't really, I'm confused by the choice. But I also kind of dig it because it's super campy. It's pretty <laughs> funny, and like I can say, and after that moment of like contrast, where the, the agent started speaking again, I was like, "Yeah, he was like doing like like creepy horror movie monologue there for some reason." <laughs> and then when the agent he's like leaves, Ralph, right? yeah, he's still doing it again. He's like, "I remember, Miss Powell, when you go to sleep tonight, they're just dreams, mm-hmm. right? They're just dreams." And that's the other thing. So. Because she's already told them the whole story of what happens in these dreams, right? And it's always the same thing. She's had this like six nights in a row, she said. Yeah. And it's like it's always the same nurse. So the doctor's got this plan. He's like, well, I'm going to disprove that any of this is real. I'm going to show you the only nurse we have who works down in the morgue at night time. And yeah. did he have her like standing there behind the yeah. curtain waiting for this cue? <laughs> the reveal was pretty great. Because <laughs> he just, because I thought he was going to like call her in first. We're going to hear, you know, hear him sort of shout, yeah. hey, come in. Um, here she is. <laughs> like, like I, number one. <laughs> I was expecting the curtain reveal, but I was expecting it after he like yelled at her, like, "Hey, come in, nurse." You know, whatever her name is. And but no, no, he just walks over and goes, "Is this the nurse in your dreams?" <laughs> just, she's just standing there, waiting. I'm like, "Where did she come in the room?" <laughs> oh, it's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like a sideshow. I don't understand it, but it's a. Uh, it, it was fun to watch. <laughs> no, it was. It was entertaining. Like I, I was into it, beat to beat. So. I kept thinking that it was going to mean something more, like the way he was acting. Like it would come back later to where we would understand as to why he was acting that way, but it never really does. It's just a choice he made. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. Uh, given the way the men both speak about her when she's lying there, you could maybe read into this and say, oh, maybe it's it's about, you know, like, them not believing her that something's going on. I think the problem with that, though, if, if that's even what it's trying to... I'm not even convinced it is trying to make some sort of statement there, is that 
what she's what she's talking about is so wishy-washy and it sounds like a dream that it, you, you can't really blame anyone for not believing her i mean they're acting weird and maybe mm-hmm. a bit dickish about it but it does sound like it's not real it sounds like like it is a dream yeah but also she's been in the hospital for like six days because she's overworked yeah why is it, she even there is she still overworked like well, how much work has she done in the last five days <laughs> exactly why are you guys holding on to her for so long? I think she even says something like, why am I still here? <laughs> <laughs> because I think the doctor's got the hots for you, and I think he's just writing down some excuse on the notepad. He's like, you know what? I think we yeah. need to keep keep them here. I mean her. We need to keep her here over the next yeah. next week. This this actress is quite Marilyn Monroe-esque. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh... With like a Staten Island accent. I don't know where it comes from, actually, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's the sort of accent she's doing. The kind of she sounds like she belongs in a gangster movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Jersey Shore. Yeah. But yeah, so actually, one thing that I noticed about this episode is the the uh, every so often I'll bring this up when it's in a weird place, but the ad break is super late in this episode. It's uh, there's a couple of things I think I remember. I watched it a couple of days ago, but it was the ad break was yeah odd. Like, I don't really remember much of Rod Serling in the episode. He doesn't give us a next time on, does he? He does, yeah. Oh, I just missed it. Okay. <laughs> they, I was there. And noticeably, the, the video and audio quality went flying up for that because it was... Yeah, I must have been so engrossed in <laughs> the story of the episode that I totally I, didn't even see the, which is <laughs> like, one of the things, next time. It's one of the things that still baffles me about these videotape episodes is that the audio quality on Rod Serling when he's doing the intro at the start sounds terrible. And I don't know why it sounds so bad. Like, I, 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 I guess they were using different type of, uh, rec- you know, like tape for recording as well because it sounds mm. so much worse. But yeah, the, the ad breaks at like the 16 minute mark, which is really late in a 25 minute, you know, total mm-hmm. episode. And it's at a really weird point as well because basically the doctor's last thing that he says to her before she goes back to sleep that night or before they leave her alone is like, hey, so this time when you're in the dream, and it always starts with you reaching for the water and then you drop the glass and it smashes. How about you just don't do that and prove that it can be changed? Like, just whatever you do, do not reach for the glass. Right. Try and to make it like a lucid dream. So we come, so, so she wakes up and the glass is there and she sort of resists. She almost goes for it and doesn't. She starts smoking instead, but she drops the lighter. When she goes to pick up the lighter, she drops the glass anyway. And I thought, this would still be a little late compared to usual, but I thought, oh, well, that's a good place for your ad break. That's where, dun, 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 she can't change it. Like, no matter what she tries mm-hmm. to do, she can't change it. Instead, it's like a minute later when she's back out in the hall and she's, like, walking towards the elevator. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. was a really weird place for the ad break. Like, it just it yeah. didn't really have a, like, a cliffhanger element to it. But right, she goes down, right. it plays the same way it did before, the nurse comes out, uh, who looks similar to the nurse that was shown in the hospital room, but no, it's not. The, the actress who plays the nurse who actually comes out of the morgue is different. She's got more of a, I don't know, Morticia Gomez kind of look about her. Yeah, she's got, she's real exotic looking. I don't know how to describe yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, and she screams and there's a quick scene of her being like injecting, like, oh, stay with her until she stays asleep and the doctors are dealing with her. But then we just jump ahead and it's like, it's time for her to leave and she's packed her suitcase and the doctor's in to say goodbye and carry your case forward just in case and he, he has a couple of weird lines as well where he's like oh maybe i'll come see you and if i'm sitting in the front row you'll give me a sly little wink he's <laughs> what a creep <laughs> and she just kind of you know zones out a little bit and what's weird is that there is actually there's one little random scene with the doctor and the nurse on their own and he, he mentions that how could she know there's a, like mm-hmm. a door 22 down there which honestly is given where the episode goes for the ending like 
That yeah, seemed... a little strange when you think about it. Yeah, I guess it's just there to make us guess that oh, there's chess really going down there, or there's something more to it, or something. Uh, if anything, it'd make more sense if the scene was he says, "Well, there was there's no door twenty two, so it has to be a dream." Yeah, right. That would that would make more sense to I think, given the context of the ending, but. But yeah, so the, the what the episode actually is, where it goes, is she's at the airport, she's flying to Miami, because that's where she works, why she's in the hospital here, or maybe she tours, maybe that's why she was in the hospital here, and not, you know, where this next yeah. tour day is. Touring for the troops or something. <laughs> but she, she's getting a plane ticket, and as soon as she's in the airport, I remember what this was, because if you remember the start of Final Destination, the first Final Destination movie, the the... Obviously, the rest of the movie is about, you know, the, the, the death, the force, like, coming to kill them one by one, uh, sort of through a series of accidents. But the, the, the enticing incident, the thing that sets that movie off, is that the main character, Alex, gets this vision of the plane blowing up. And he gets so freaked out that he convinces, you know, he ends up getting thrown off the plane with a few of his friends. And then they witness the plane blow up from the airport. And the idea is that they were supposed to die, but didn't. The end of this episode is that the plane she's got on, which is number 22, so this dream she's been mm-hmm. having has been a hint that this is dangerous, and if she goes on that plane, she's going to die. And of course, the air hostess who comes out and says, you know, there's room for one more, honey, is that actress. Uh, well, I like when she's walking up to the to the gate, also, there's just a woman with a lamp that she crashes <laughs> into, and the lamp smashes, and the woman whose lamp got destroyed just like, well, I guess, whatever, and walks away. <laughs> the woman just destroyed your lamp. Yeah, you think you'd at least ask her to buy a new lamp or something. Yeah, that's weird. I also, I maybe... carried this on the plane with me. I didn't want to, like, you know, stow it now... for protection, and you just broke it. <laughs> now, maybe this is just a, a difference of the times, right? I don't know. But uh-huh. I'm going to assume this is a TV budget thing, that this is the smallest airport that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, maybe. There are small airports, but, like, they they certainly don't look like that now. Yeah, because this, this felt like one little... This felt like more of a bus terminal than an airport. And that's been generous. Yeah. Because uh, it was just one little square room. And then, like, a carpet going to the one plane. So, I mean, maybe it's just there were smaller airports in the 60s, and this is just normal for the time. Yeah, but... I, think that's, I think that's probably the case. But, I mean, there are still small airports, but the, the terminals tend to be about a lot bigger yeah. now. Even for the small ones. So... Of course, she freaks out when she sees the air hostess, runs back, and they're, they're consoling her in the airport. The plane takes off. And it's not the best effect ever, the plane blowing up, but to be honest, given the, the black and white style, good. it's, it's yeah. effective enough. You can sort of see it over the top of it, but to be honest, given the budget of this show, given that it's 1960, yeah. 61 even yeah. at this point, this is actually pretty effective in terms of a I, moment. I was expecting worse. Yeah, I was. That's what was I. I, I, I do, you know, was I was expecting the plane to blow up once we, when she decided to knock board it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't remember what this was from the start, or even like even part way through it. It was as soon as I got to the airport, I went, "Oh, this is the final destination episode." Yeah, I thought that was actually a pretty cool twist. Yeah. I, I didn't really remember this episode either, and uh, I I was trying to think, well, what could number twenty two mean for that? And I guess it. Could have meant anything, like if she was taking yeah. a bus, like the number twenty-two bus or whatever. Could have meant that, but I, don't I didn't. Uh, it, I thought the twist was pretty clever. I like the twist too, and obviously, like it'd probably been even better if you know that if I hadn't seen that movie. But I remember the first time I watched this. The reason why this stuck out to me as being so memorable is because I remember the thought process of them like saying it's flight number twenty-two, and I'm going like, wait. Is this doing Final mm-hmm. Destination? And then the slow, because it's a very slow, slow tense walk up the, the the carpet to the the stairs 
Yeah, much the... like her walk to the morgue. Exactly, yeah. She's chilly. Same pacing. <laughs> um, and like, so the whole time, I remember just been this like sort of building sort of like realization of my mind as she walks up to the plane being like, this is totally what inspired Final Destination. This is totally where they got this idea. Uh, And I just, so it's always stuck out in my memory because of that, mainly for the ending. The actual, obviously the first two thirds, I didn't remember at all. I didn't remember this was the character who was in the episode. I didn't remember that this was Mm -hmm. what the the plot was before. But as soon as it got to the airport, it all just clicked in place. And I was like, it's that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's good. That's good. I'm fairly certain this is the best of the videotape episodes. I mean, I'd love to be wrong, kind of. (laughs) <laughs> and get another good one but uh, but also i'd rather all the good ones were in better quality so this is yeah well you know you take what you get yeah but no no i, I like the reveal on this i like, I like the twist that it, it's, it's quite a impressive feat and it's maybe why it's so theatrical with the actors in the hospital room because they have to sort of get to that point in the episode when really nothing before the airport is really what the episode is actually about mm-hmm. so it could very easily feel like just filler up until the ending, and maybe one or two moments do feel that way. But for the most part, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah, maybe they asked Doctor Smith to like just really slow down your lines, so really <laughs> like draw this out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, the only way you know how. Because <laughs> I, I really, I'm impressed with how well the first two thirds holds up, at least just as a piece of entertainment. Because mm-hmm. really, once you get to the ending, that's really what it's all about. But the ending does yeah. deliver, so. No, fair play. No, I agree. Yeah, I mean some goofy, goofy elements: the lamp lady, the <laughs> doctor, uh, the nurse that's behind curtain number one. But like, <laughs> even those—I mean, those are fun. But like, <laughs> the actual story is pretty good. Like, uh, great. Even I think the the twist is really clever. Just so funny about that curtain thing is that I laughed at the time, and then the rest of the episode was so good that I'd forgotten about it. And then as we were talking about the scene, I remembered it and went, oh shit, yeah, that stupid curtain moment. I need to talk about that. And then, you know, <laughs> so yeah, it's actually really bizarre that she was just waiting behind that curtain already. She was prepared. It's like, oh, that's baffling. And yeah, I, anyway, because <laughs> this is the thing. We see the doctor walk in at the start of the scene. I'm sure we do. Even the, yeah, but both the agent walks in first because he comes in first and then the doctor walks in. So we see them both walk in the door, which means at some point after that, the nurse snuck in behind the curtain during the scene. <laughs> 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 oh, so good. All right. Uh, so obviously, Serling showed up at the end to tell us about next time. And I think this obviously. is so, this is so strategic. <laughs> and I'm so, I, I so you really don't remember this this next time on at the end? No. I don't know how I missed it. Well, you know how sometimes we say it's kind of weird how they have two episodes back-to-back that are kind of similar, or similar-themed? Mm-hmm. This is actually really smart, this one. The next one's set in a plane. Cool. Th- that is actually genius in terms of, like, season pacing. Like, you know, we have this episode with the plane, like, oh, next one's on a plane. Like, you're tense already. After that Does episode... the plane explode? You're tense. It's called The Odyssey of Flight 33. Yeah, it's not the famous one. That's not until no. later season. Uh, you know, 20,000 miles, whatever the episode is. Uh, but here's Nightmare the... Nightmare 20,000 feet or something. Yeah. Yeah, not miles. <laughs> that's, that's much higher up. <laughs> We're not going to the moon. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that that's outside of the Earth. <laughs> I meant feet. I obviously meant feet, okay? Yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, here's a description of IMDb. 
Passing through a sound barrier, a commercial airliner inadvertently travels back in time. Ooh. We're doing our uh, final countdown style of episode here. Nice. Final yeah. countdown mixed with the Langoliers. Yeah, although judging from the image on IMDb, they're going further back than World War II. <laughs> oh, okay. Is it like a medieval time? Further back than that. Oh. Cavemen? Further back than that. Oh, okay. Amoebas? <laughs> dinosaurs! Oh, right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a dinosaur. Yeah, it's a dinosaur. <laughs> So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I think I remember liking this one actually. I think I vaguely remember liking this one. Uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll check that out next time. Uh, so this has been this has been uh, twenty two. Uh, of course, let us know what you think of the episode in the comments. You can like and subscribe. Liking is really important on YouTube. It lets the algorithm know that we're worth recommending recommending out to other people. Uh, you can of course support us financially over at patreoncom slash TV, Can't Natara. They sure can. Patreon.com slash Malfuzz TV. If you donate as well as one dollar yeah. per month. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Stop messing with my jive. <laughs> I love how you can't take out the one. If I have to say one part of it first, you can't take that part out. You have to still say it. I'm not a yes ander, okay? I don't I don't improv. <laughs> Yes. If you donate $1 per month, you will get bonus episodes of other shows that we do here on the channel, including the Ace, the Atomic Cinema Experiment, which is our science fiction movie review. So if you like Twilight Zone, you probably are into science fiction, or maybe you're into horror. We've got Screams After Midnight. You get bonus episodes of that as well. There's a back catalog of at least a year's worth. So check it out. You can do the $5. <laughs> I was just laughing because I really thought see when after you complained that I was being I don't know a dick or whatever you were, you were saying you hate me um, as usual yeah and you went into it again I honestly thought you were going to say the address again for the third time and I was I was <laughs> you didn't but I really thought you were and I started laughing so <laughs> yes five dollars you can get some stuff early you get to vote on some stuff uh, you get these early, these Twilight Zone reviews. So, yes, go and have a look and see if you're interested. But anyway, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys, in the Twilight Zone. <laughs>